0: Are you going to gawk at me all night or is there something I can do for you? What's, ha- what's happening here? Work, Adam. I am working on our show. Alright, fine.
1: I'll stop what I'm doing. What's your problem? You said we could go look for Bill tonight. He's been missing for two days and all you can think about is this stupid podcast. Adam, do you have any idea how much effort it takes to edit these
0: episodes? Unlike you, I don't get to just write a cold open and then go about my day.
1: You've changed. (sighs) Oh really, how? You are not the same foolishly angry and stubborn man I once knew. Back then, you had potential, but but now you're just like them. Fine, Adam, I'll put my jacket on and we'll go find Bill. I like Bill more than I like you. Do you Do you know that? He likes Twin Peaks. Fine, then
0: go out there by yourself and find him. I'm done helping you, Bauer. I'm taking off my coat, and I'm going to finish editing episode 13.
1: You son of a bitch! I hate your guts! Do you know how much I fucking hate you?!
0: The Black Lodge Complaint Department, your source for all the Twin Peaks ire you could possibly handle.
1: I'm your host Daniel Williams, and I'm your co-host Adam Bauer here to argue uncomfortably with (laughs) Daniel Williams because uh... this is an episode he didn't like, folks. Not surprising.
0: Listen, if we're just gonna give a peek behind the curtains,
1: this is an episode (laughs) you didn't really like either, okay? Well, uh, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. My initial viewing, it was kind of, it was out of place for me, but I've come to enjoy it in its own right, especially knowing where the series is going. Obviously, this is a little bit more enjoyable for me. But the mystery deepens and our experiment continues. Yeah, you can tell how much I did
0: or did not like an episode or did slash did not engage with an episode. By how
1: long my notes are, and mm-hmm. this
0: my notes are on the shorter side this week.
1: Well, we're sitting here today yeah. to discuss season three, episode twelve, part twelve, original air date July thirtieth, twenty seventeen.
0: My God, it's like we're almost exactly two years.
1: Yeah, ago. it's crazy. Time, time, time is again. Weird. Yeah, time, time again, my friend. Written by Mark Frost and David Lynch, and directed by Lynch. Let's get into it. So yeah. we open up episode twelve with the FBI crew chilling at the Mayfair Hotel. I would never, ever. Ever
0: engage with coworkers the way these people are engaging? Yeah. Wine. Aside from you, Adam, you and I, we work together. I don't know if I could do it.
1: Well, I, just, I don't. When you're working around the clock like these guys are, you probably need these moments where you can just kind of cut loose and have a cocktail and yeah. talk. Okay, you know that's fair. Man, David Lynch loves his red wine,
0: from what I've been told. He does.
1: And the set is pretty interesting here. They're surrounded by red drapes, which obviously is no yeah. coincidence. I wonder if Cole picked this room or he may not even know. He probably doesn't know about the Red Room, although I think he understands a lot more than he lets on to the audience. Where are they? I think they're in the bar that they're just in a private section, I think, because of the meeting they're about to have. At the beginning of this scene, Cole is waving an electronic device around, trying to see if there are any listening devices nearby because they're about to ask Tammy to join Blue Rose. Yeah.
0: So they toast to the bureau and... Alphonse Rosenstein, he tells Tammy a tale of the Blue Rose Task Force and Project Blue Book and a lot of blue
1: stuff. (laughs) So yeah, Project Blue Book was the initial investigation into extraterrestrial beings. It fizzled, but there were a few pieces of evidence that just couldn't be explained away, but it wasn't enough to justify the continued existence of Project Blue Book. So a joint task force was created with the FBI and the military known as... Blue Rose, because of a a phrase uttered by an individual in one of these cases. Yeah, I can't remember which individual. I watched this this
0: episode at night, which means I was a little bit soused.
1: We we were not told who that individual was, and we will get the backstory on that a little later so okay. in subsequent episodes I thought
0: they brought something up about an individual but I, it's you know what well he
1: goes on to say and sorry if I'm stealing your thunder here oh. but since this is you know kind of lore stuff the task force was created to deal with troubling abstractions that just couldn't be explained away and the blue rose was meant to indicate that there was only one way to find the answers and that was an alternate path of investigation which is what Cole and Albert have been doing you know ever since
0: yeah but this task force is He lets on as more than a little dangerous as he's one of the only
1: remaining original members. Yes. Well, before that, he throws out a piece of information that is either a continuity error, intentional, or a retcon. Oh. He says Philip Jeffries recruited Cooper, Albert, and Desmond. But if you recall in Firewalk with Me, when Philip Jeffries just randomly appears mm-hmm. two years after he disappears in the Philadelphia office of the FBI, right. Cole introduces him to Cooper, yeah. saying, Cooper, this is the long-lost Philip Jeffries. Maybe you remember him from the Academy. Well, if Jeffries recruited him, of course he would remember him.
0: Oh, see, I, that's not how I remember it being worded. I thought that Jeffries was one of the
1: recruits along with. So, But yeah, he goes on to recruit Cooper, Desmond, and Albert, and Albert comments that he is one of those three recruits that didn't disappear.
0: Jeffries, how could he have recruited Albert?
1: I feel like Albert is an older gent. No, too. Jeffries and Cole met when they were rookies, and they were really? the ones... Yeah, they'll, we'll get into it, I think, in subsequent episodes, but it was Cole and Jeffries, and then eventually Jeffries recruited Desmond, Dale, and Albert. Huh. I mean, of <laughs> course, they, all, they had other jobs at the FBI as well. I mean, Cooper... Was a janitor. Yeah, we all know from season one. Great arc, that season. But because Diane was Cooper's secretary, she has a lot of knowledge yeah. in regard to the Blue Rose Task Force, which is why... She enters... And almost immediately gets deputized in the Blue Rose Task Force. Yeah. She seems a little hesitant at first, but I think she's just putting it on because obviously we know she's working with somebody. Yeah, I don't trust like, Diane even a little bit. No. She says, let's rock. Which, uh, we, is that a
0: coincidence? <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't think so. I mean, the la- we've heard that from The Arm, yeah. seen that written on Desmond's car after yeah. he disappears in lipstick. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We move on. Pretty cool. I mean, I thought maybe you'd at least like that scene just because it gets into a little bit of the mythos, but I guess there's really not a lot to chew on there, and they don't give us everything now. They're kind of teasing us. Yeah, they just say that it it was formed. Yeah, Tammy accepts. I guess
0: we should say that, too. Tammy is super excited about it, too. She sounds like she has some previous knowledge of the Blue Rose Task Force. Maybe... Through whispers in the FBI yes,
1: Academy. A secret supernatural yeah. spirit fighting FBI task force. <laughs> They're like the That's why, why I love this show. Yeah, exactly.
0: So we go from there to the beautiful mountains of Twin Peaks. Where
1: we just see Jerry running, yeah. like, coming out of nowhere. He's booking he's, it. He's got his fanny pack. I hope he had some water in there, some granola bars. Jerry is fucking resilient. Yeah, he's been out there for, like, two days now or yeah. something. Like. High Highest shit, lost in the woods. That's got to be scary. He's got to be out of edibles at this point. He's sober, just running for his life. Yeah. And... <laughs>
0: I mean, that's that's it. That's, that's all it. we see of Jerry
1: this entire episode. <laughs> There's a lot of that this episode yeah, where we're we just is. like, hey, we're going to check in on this person real quick just so you remember, but we're yeah. going go other places. It's our audience knows very well. I hate that. I no. hate yeah. it. Yeah. You like it when plot moves along and we hang out with characters you yeah. like. Yeah, you know?
0: We... Go into Carrie's Handy Mart, which is a local grocery store. And we see Sarah Palmer again. The first
1: time we've seen her in quite a long time. I mean, here we are in episode 12. Uh, If you recall, I think the last time we saw Sarah was when she was sitting at home drinking alone watching. Well, The last time we saw her was
0: in the past in episode
1: eight. You're right. You're right. right. You you are right.
0: Episode two. Yeah, in present time.
1: And what information did we get from episode eight that she... She was mouth-raped by an interdimensional bug frog. (laughs) Yeah. So knowing what we know from episode eight, she is at the mart and she's grabbing some alcohol. A lot of it.
0: Yeah, she's got to make a week's worth of Bloody Marys today.
1: And it wasn't enough. If you notice, she went for that fourth bottle and was disappointed that there was not another Smirnoff there. This... How can she drink that much bloody Mary mix? I I don't know, man. Why doesn't she make it fresh? Why does she get the mix? Come on. Have some self-respect in your booze get some fiber in there, yeah.
0: Descent. Do we need to follow this woman's depressing journey anymore? I mean, I don't want to.
1: Well, knowing what we know from episode 8 that she could very well be inhabited by fuck the mother of all evil. I would say still no. <laughs> no, I don't want to see it. It bums me out. She's
0: lonely. Her brain is
1: busted. Why? Yeah, why else would some being like that latch onto her? The amount of fuel she must be generating must be insane. But,
0: it, okay, so they feed off of fear,
1: right? Suffering, suffering. too. God, she's don't suffering. You just, don't you think
0: that she's just a shell? Like, do you suffer 25 years on? Yeah,
1: do I don't think? understand how she's still standing if she's drinking that much. Maybe that is another reason to think that she is hosting something. Yeah, maybe the only reason she's still actually alive is because of the supernatural yeah. force inside of her stopping her from shutting down. Oh, but boy. So, yeah, she grabs her alcohol, and everything seems normal for the most part. Obviously, yeah. what's happening to her is not normal by no. any stretch.
0: Adam, you're just going to have to finish yeah, off the scene because I off. don't know what happened. I mean, I know what happened, but none of it made any sense. Yeah,
1: I felt the same way first time seeing <laughs> this. So, Sarah approaches the counter and starts paying for her booze and her alcohol and requests a carton of Salem's. Did she buy food? Because her bill is high. I mean, three bottles of liquor and, and a carton of cigarettes these days. And probably I probably no It's probably like $50, $60. Oh, okay. Well. But anyway, yes. while the checkout person is tending to her order, she notices a display of beef jerky behind them. Mm-hmm. But it's not all beef jerky. Some of it's turkey jerky. And she calmly at first kind of asks about it, is this new? Yeah. And the girl goes on and on, oh, they're new, but instead of beef, it's turkey. And slowly she starts having this breakdown right in front of this young man and woman. And she says a few lines that in the moment don't make any sense. But knowing what we know about Twin Peaks, they should trigger us a little bit. One of okay. them is, were you here when they first came? I think she's talking about the woodsman. Yeah. And she says, the room seems different and men are coming. Maybe as a warning, like something's happening, you know, something's different. I think within the context of that moment, we think of the room as the room she's in. But I think she's talking about a different room. Maybe she's talking about... That room that with the wallpaper that the woodsmen are in. Yeah. I don't Above know. Above the convenience mm-hmm. store? The convenience store that she she's happens in, to be in? So that could be another trigger, too. And something happened to me. I don't feel good. Yeah. So there are some pretty big lines here. But within the context of the moment, you're trying to stitch what she's saying to her interaction with these people. But she's just so out of it.
0: Well, and it's like because we don't follow Sarah, she's not a main character that we're exactly. seeing. She's just it dropped seems, in. Yeah, it doesn't seem... It's not that it seems irrelevant because we do know what happened to her, but it just seems poorly placed or shoehorned in because they're trying to call back to something from a few episodes ago in her past. And I'm like, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. but it's so There's so much happening. Yeah.
0: And it's not an organic way to get there.
1: And maybe it's because we're watching this episodically that this isn't meant to be watched an hour at a time. I mean, that's yeah. how it was presented originally, which is how we're doing it here. But no, you're right. You're absolutely right that. It's odd to feel that in a show that's this long, that's 18 hours. Yeah. You could tell originally it was probably eight or nine, and we're still feeling like things are shoehorned in. I mean, I can't imagine (laughs) that shooting script. Apparently, it was just massive, like 555 pages or something crazy like that. I can't remember the exact number, but huge. But anyway, she continues to have her breakdown. She doesn't pay for her items and she walks out. But while she's walking out, She's talking to herself, like saying, Get the damn keys, get the keys, just screaming, like making a huge scene, and that's it. Now, I think that she does pay for her stuff because the bagger says that he can deliver You're right. I misspoke.
0: The only reason I bring it up is because these kids look like they're underage, right? Which I don't think that you can sell alcohol as Mm, someone who's underage. Yeah.
1: You have to be eighteen, I think. But maybe I mean you have to be you have to be twenty one. No, Missouri. Well, when I worked at a grocery store in the Late 90s, it was you had to be 18 to sell liquor, but oh, really? anything could have changed.
0: So the the bagger says he's going to deliver the groceries to Sarah. He knows where she lives. And my question to you, Adam, is: Do you think he's taking that liquor home?
1: <laughs> he's like, oh yeah yeah yeah, I, I'll deliver a hundred dollars worth of booze. He had like four lines. I have no idea about his character. He I, seems like a good you kid. You know what? If he's like between. Let's say 18 he's and, be, 21. Uh, and he's sixteen and twenty somewhere in there. I
0: think. Yeah, he is taking that home for himself. He's stashing that in the woods somewhere. Is yeah. what
1: he's doing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's the sort of shit we did as teenagers. You know, whoa, just, just try and get a little bit of that sweet, sweet nectar. Whoa. Sir, I did not drink until weeks after my 21st birthday. I didn't really uh, get blasted until I was... No,
0: I did not. No, see, you're qualifying. I didn't consume any alcohol until after I turned 21. You were like, oh, I just had a little bit here and there. I'm a much better boy than you. Yeah. I'm a, I was award. a more
1: innocent, purer soul. Daniel Williams gets the Black Lodge Complaint Department Award of Inner Light. That's right. I was a vandal, though. If Ooh. we're just being honest here, I was a vandal. That was your
0: your Black Lodge. You gave in to the Black Lodge. I did. <laughs> I was one of the few people in my friend's group that had a car, so I
1: was the getaway driver a lot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was like, eh, police listen to this. They're coming for you. Well. A statute of limitations.
0: Listen, if that old lady wants her... Plastic candy canes that we stole out of her yard back. Yeah. She's gonna have to come see me fifteen years in the past. Yeah, let's <laughs> we are go to, super
1: off topic. Let's go
0: to the Fat Trout Trailer Park, shall we? Yeah. Oh, nothing's happening. Let's go to Lancelot Don't Court. Shut up. Oh, nothing's happening. Let's. <laughs>
1: What? It's true that we're just hitting these really quick beats, but we need to talk about it. Fine. Okay, what's happening at Fat Trout Trailer Park? Carl has a run-in with a renter at the Fat Trout Trailer Park. He finds out that this gentleman's been selling blood to pay his bills. Yeah. And he's not too happy because he knows he's been doing stuff around Fat Trout and hasn't been getting paid. So he's like, have you done this? Yeah. Did you get paid? No. Here's some cash. Don't pay me rent and don't sell your blood. You get, you've given enough. Like, stop selling your blood, yeah, idiot. Come to me, like, and it just shows us that Carl is a beacon of light in this muck. He Fine. is a very good person. And There's just it. so
0: much in this episode show. that was too much for you. Yeah, There's yeah. so much in the show. It's like, give me these precious few seconds somewhere where they will be better spent. You know, like the ones at twenty-five one forty Lancelot Court. What happens there? Nothing. Nothing happens. That's not true. Billy Bob Jimmy Boy throws a ball at his fake dad and then we move on to the Palmer residence.
1: <laughs> okay. Moving on. We're rolling back to Sarah Palmer now. Yes. Almost immediately. And nothing much happens here even. Well, I did type a paragraph. Some cool nods. I mean, we see Hawk pull up. Yeah. And we get a shot of the uh, ceiling fan from the exterior. We do. Is this the same house? Yeah, it's the same house. Is it the same house from Firewalk With
0: Me? Some of the, um, the geography I couldn't quite line up, you know. I was remembering when
1: Laura runs out of the house when she first... Mm, it's very steep now. It's, I don't know if it's yeah. changed at all. It may have, but it's the same house. Okay, all right. And it's owned by a big Twin Peaks fan. It's owned by David Lynch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest Twin Peaks fan there is! <laughs> he okay. said in an interview that it was one of the things he did that never stopped speaking to him, that he's always... It's his favorite thing that he made, he created, so...
0: He never wants to make that Dune sequel. <laughs>
1: Okay, so this is a quick scene, so we'll go ahead and get into it. Hawk is just stopping by to check on Sarah after her scene at the quickie bar. Well, she w- <laughs> she was acting like a banana So Yeah, and he shows genuine concern, and, he, oh, and yeah. he's so nice about it, he doesn't call her out on it immediately. He says, hey, Sarah, I've been going through some old cases, and they made me think of you, and I just wanted to check on you. And she kind of acknowledges the social niceties there, but says, yeah. okay, I'm sure you're here because of the freak out I had at the yeah, convenience store. She
0: takes a tone with my Grandpa Hawk that I don't appreciate.
1: Mm-hmm. My Grandpa Hawk was just stopping by to make sure, okay. But it's pretty cool here because during the conversation, there's a sound that comes from inside the house. Yeah. And Sarah perks up almost immediately to shoo it down because she knows... Was it a nay of a It wasn't a nay, it was kind of she was just had a sour look on her face and then the noise came and she kinda did one of these and he asked if anyone else was in there. Right she says no. It was she just something, something in the kitchen. Yeah, something in the kitchen. She's talking through gritted teeth, and I was having a hard time understanding. I had a hard time understanding, too, and I isolated that for you. She's yeah. saying, it's a goddamn bad story, isn't it, Hawk? Oh, okay. I think the story of her life, you know, she's <laughs> just like, I'm the way I am. You know why I am the way I am. Leave me alone. He thinks he knows, but he has no idea. No, he does Yeah. And we're out of there. Yeah.
0: And we go to a place, where in and out very quickly, just checking in on oh, Miriam.
1: She's, yeah. she's a goddamn survivor. I don't know if you noticed this, but the interior shot to set the scene that it's yeah. in the hospital was lifted from the original series. It was oh, just really? a still of the hospital that Cooper, you know, when he first got to Twin Peaks and met yeah. with Truman, it was that. So, yeah, we went to
0: Twin Peaks General Hospital. Miriam is Still alive. alive. She needs a pretty major surgery, as we'll find out later on. Yeah, but, but she's uh, hanging in there. Richard failed. Yeah, at killing. She's not area. gonna let that punk ass fucking take her down. Fuck you, Richard Horn. Yeah, and this episode's good. If we know that the good guys know that what Richard did. That much is satisfying, yeah. right? We're moving back to Buckhorn is is what we're gonna do now. Yeah. This fucking episode, man. It it's, is. It is, and I feel like we don't get any meat. On these bones, you
1: know. Yeah, and like I said, this show kind of has a rhythm of having an episode or two that really pushes stuff along, and then this is one of the episodes where the storyline simmer. Yeah, it is and, feast and, or famine with yeah, Twin Peaks and things three. move around slightly, and then bam, it hits up again. Yeah. But we're we're so close to the end that it's really just building up at this point. Adam, we've got six more hours of television to watch. We're not <laughs> close enough for me. Okay,
0: so. Diane, she's at the hotel bar. Enjoying a martini. Yeah, she was doing- I wonder if
1: it's doing, a vodka or a gin martini.
0: <laughs> she was doing what I was doing at that point, which was drinking alcohol. I made- Listen, listeners, I made some of the finest old fashions I
1: think I've ever made. You love those made. things, oh, man. boy. I have been delicious. getting into martinis lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Gin or vodka? Vodka. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like gin, but I when, I want a, when I want a martini, I guess I just want like a clean, yeah. kind of crisp- Taste. I don't ever want to feel like I'm
0: drinking potpourri from the closet, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that juniper is intense. It'll okay. I get you. So, okay, she's getting an I message from who do we think she's getting an I message from? Mr. C. Mr. C is who you would assume, but... We're, we're, and, of course,
1: we're... I want to no see, speculation. Like, yeah. When Mr. C smashes his phone, we think he's phoneless. He keeps asking for phones, and gets he gets new phones. Remember, he's the master I thought he of, gave it back to Jennifer Jason Lee, though. He did. He said, destroy this one, and he took two of their phones. Oh, he
0: took them? I thought he took her phone and used it. I thought he gave it back. No, no, he okay. took them. Well, there goes my argument, because I thought he gave it back. So, what is this mystery texter sending our devious
1: diane she receives a text that just says las vegas question mark and she's like no thanks it's a trash heap <laughs> too many casinos yeah. she responds they haven't asked yet in all caps so mr c's like do they know what's going on in las vegas and no they don't yet
0: we're just ignoring the all ca- she puts a period at the end of it which feels like to me that she was intentionally yelling at
1: someone yeah screaming like i haven't asked asshole It's kind of silly that Mr. C wouldn't assume that they were reading her texts or I don't know. Yeah, if he's such a manipulator of technology like you keep claiming at him.
0: He manipulates technology like I manipulate technology right now in that I'm using a keyboard. (laughs) I'm using a mouse like
1: (sighs) great northern Twin Peaks. This, this is a cool the best scene of the episode I think. Okay, yeah.
0: I have come to realize that my favorite parts of Twin Peaks are when old men are talking we to have each Hawk other and
1: Truman yeah. or Ben and So anyway, yeah, we're at the Great Northern and Frank decides to give Ben a visit.
0: You know what I liked about this? He still has the big wooden Ben. He had it in the first episode. Good continuity.
1: That's from like season two, man. Season one, even. That goes all the way back. And it's a totally new set at this point. Yeah. I'm sure someone kept it. That's got to be iconic. Like, no one's getting rid of that. They just remembered to put it there. Yeah. As you get older, you you hold on to things that maybe don't have
0: a whole lot of inherent meaning, but that just shows that Ben is sentimental, even when he was an
1: evil man. Yeah. Maybe that name reminds him of what he used to be and, you know, what he is trying to be now. Because he's not perfect now. No. But he's better, a lot better. I mean,
0: you know, nobody's perfect, but I feel
1: like he's just a regular person at this point. He is. He's no longer a cartoonish Mr. Burns. (laughs) But anyway, Frank is here to talk to Ben and tell him some very harrowing news. About Lil Dicky. And we
0: know this story, but Teeny Peeny ran down the boy, and the cops know it,
1: and... He tried to murder Miriam. He assaulted. The cops know it. And I think that's great. The good guys are in the know as far as Richard. And they're on the hunt. And once again, you know, Mr. C's desire to corrupt Cooper's life by raping Audrey and creating this hell spawn has backfired in his face.
0: Yeah.
1: Hugely. And I know we were kind of talking about it before. And you're like, I don't see what, how is this happening? But this is the scene where like, if you wouldn't have raped Audrey and he wouldn't have killed that boy, our heroes wouldn't have got together. He Wouldn't have gotten the key, which will play a huge part in subsequent episodes. But anyway, Ben is visibly upset at this information. His head slumps. Yeah. Good actor. As it turns yeah, out, yeah, 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 fantastic. And he, he says that boy has never been right. Huh, he didn't have never a father. That yeah, yeah. You
0: know what, Adam?
1: <laughs> and he agrees to pay Miriam's expenses. I almost just asked you
0: who is Richard's dad, <laughs> but two sentences ago you were like, yeah, remember that time? Yeah. God, it's I have such a hard time locking in on this character. He's such a piece of shit. Like, he's, yeah, he's
1: yeah, no, he's just pure evil. I don't want to
0: pay attention to him.
1: You know? Yeah, he just he barks fire at yeah. anyone that gets near him. Okay,
0: as you were saying. Ben Ben is going to pay for Miriam's very expensive operation. Without a she, moment's hesitation, yeah, too. The old Ben insurance. probably just
1: would have been like, meh, you know. Yeah,
0: like, why? This is not my problem. But he realizes that he is connected to this. Yeah. So, good for you, Ben. Total speculation. How do you think Ben deals with the death of that child? Do you think he reaches out to the parents? I mean... W- I'd
1: like to think that he does something for the child's parents as, as what well What do as you Miriam. say?
0: You know, man? I
1: mean, if I was in that situation, the parent, I would never... You know, it's Richard's actions. I would never hold someone else responsible for the actions of somebody else. And I, you know, I'd probably appreciate it. It would probably be rough to hear, you know, tough. Yeah. Like, your family member that you should have raised properly, you know, is a total shitheel. Evil. Yeah, You're an evil evil, 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 evil boy. Richard is an aberration. He should not exist in this timeline.
0: He shouldn't exist in any timeline. I hope someone runs his punk ass down. Okay. Oh, God. Fuck, so, R- yeah, <laughs> that's, fuck
1: Richard Horn, man. Yeah, fuck that guy. But the good guys are on his case. Yeah. We know it's just a matter of time for old Richard. And what comes next is a pretty what we're just links back to what we were talking about that. Ben realizes, oh, Truman's brother's here. I've got the key that came in the mail. Right. And he wanted to give it to Harry as a memento.
0: Yeah. So this goes back to what I was saying. This is just a really good interaction between two people talking about what was. And I don't know, it's just it's played well.
1: Great acting. It's subtle. It's not over the top. But yeah, the key, like I said, is very important. It's been with Cooper and the other place for so long. I think it's probably closer to what that ring is now. It's it's really like an artifact. You think or that's why else. it's green in color, the tag? No, the, the tag was always green. I just think that it's special now. It's no longer a key that used to work twenty-five years ago. It's oh, okay. it's something else now. And now Truman has it, you know, one of our heroes. So yeah. the White Lodge, once again, working in very subtle ways. But this begs the question: did the White Lodge have that child killed so this would happen. Because if you remember, when the kid got run over, Carl witnessed the shimmering gold Mm kind of come out of him. Maybe it was the lodge taking the soul away. I don't know. No, because they were going to send the key to Truman anyway. Yeah. Which maybe it expedited it. Well,
0: maybe. Yeah. I wonder if Harry actually would want to be reminded of the immense loss he suffered 25 years ago. You know, he's a sickly, dying
1: man. Do we need to dredge up those memories? Yeah, I mean, really, Harry and Cooper only knew each other for about a month. But, I mean, it was a very close, tight relationship that yeah. formed very quickly. And then, basically, Truman never got to see his friend again. They were inseparable. Yeah. It is sad when you think of the life that Cooper didn't get and the friendship that didn't really get to blossom between those two because of supernatural forces. All he wanted to do was, was
0: buy a little house, by a lake, in Twin Peaks and retire. Be a pharmacist. Yeah.
1: yeah. But he
0: is committed to being a force of good, for better or for worse. Oh, boy. Heavy scene. Yeah. So, new Truman leaves takes the key to his brother and Ashley Judd comes in. His character's name I just refused to Beverly. Delete. Whatever. I like Ashley Judd better. And we get a little story from old Ben here about a bike. And the story doesn't really amount to much, but I liked the delivery of it mm-hmm. that I wanted to play it for our
1: audience because it was yeah. just, I don't know, something had like a feel good vibe to it. And I don't think Ben pops up all too much through the rest of the series. I yeah. think this may be one of our final scenes with him anyway, so okay. it's, a, it's worth listening to. My father got me this old Schwinn, second hand. He painted it green, got a new seat for it. Two-tone green, kind of a, kind of a lime green and a deep forest green. Fat tires. Oh, it was so hard to ride. But I love that bike. I love that bike. I'd ride with my friends. Yeah, fantastic yeah. delivery. The bike was called Rosebud, right? That's yeah, obviously. Out. It was a what, lime green, two-tone but I think he was kind of thinking about the fact that Richard never had a father and he was reminded of his own father and, and that special gift that he got. I
0: think perhaps in lieu of a good father, Richard could have possibly had a, a well-meaning and good grandfather.
1: I think Richard, <laughs> it's implied that Ben tried. Really? But Richard was so evil that there was just nothing and he just cut him off once he realized there was no redeeming I wonder if they him. tried beating him. <laughs> Maybe with the switch,
0: yeah, go out back and get a. Or switch. Audrey
1: too. I mean, but there's nothing. Yeah, they he, could have beat Audrey too. Yeah, he's he's the result of a <laughs> supernaturally evil spirit. It's That's, like it's not really. He was never normal. He was just there to destroy. Well,
0: we're gonna take a quick break after that heavy, heavy bit, and uh, we'll come back for something Maybe equally as strange, nice but a little. Yeah. accidental death of their close buddy Eugene, a group of six friends gathers in a backyard fallout bunker for one last D&D game to mourn his loss and celebrate his life. All is going as well as it can until an earth-shaking event pulls the group into a millennia-long war between two interdimensional empires. Follow the trials and tribulations of being in over your head when it comes to interdimensional war, interspecies relations, and the complete destruction of all universes in A Beginner's Guide to Interplanetary Destruction, an uh, award-nominated narrative podcast from the Calamity Cast Network. Check it out on Apple
1: Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and calamitycast.com. Welcome back to the Black Lodge Complaint Department, where we are at the Mayfair Hotel yeah. with Gordon Cole yeah. and a French woman, who we don't know, we've never met before, but a beautiful young French woman.
0: Yeah, Gordon Cole is boring this pretty lady in a red dress. She doesn't look bored, Dan. I think she
1: looks she bored. She looks enthralled by the story he's oh, telling. Oh,
0: I don't know about that at all. Alaborg 3 of 5 shows up to kill Gordon Cole's boner because he's got important text-related mm-hmm. things to convey.
1: Yeah, and he asks for Gordon to ask his friend to leave. Yeah. And it takes this woman so long. (laughs) Trey chic. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. He was just having fun. He was just doing his thing. So, yeah, she takes an inappropriate amount of time to get ready and leave. She's just kind of basking in the moment. And Cole is just smiling at her and letting her do her thing. Why
0: is this French lady who does not speak English, I assume, even in South Dakota? Who
1: does she know in South Dakota? (laughs) What is she doing? Maybe his story about her looking for a missing relative was true. And he just made the joke. Oh, God. Adam. It took the lady three minutes to put on her fucking shoes. A long time. And get out. I think three minutes was about the amount of time with the sweeping peanut scene. I think it's there to remind you you're watching a TV show, or to like <laughs> pull you out and say, "Hey, remember what's happening here? This is uh, Oh you're boy. not. I don't know. Hey, do you remember the
0: French lady in Fire Walk with Me? What if this? Is the same person.
1: Ooh, I definitely think that's why she's there, but mm. I don't think it's the same person. No,
0: not the same person. The same inhabiting spirit. What did she
1: say? Uh, nighttime is the best time.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, Fire Walk With Me. She's talking about fucking. hmm Pie.
0: Fucking and
1: pie. Okay, so now that Gordon's friend is gone. They can Finally. To, yeah, we we should have d- waited three actual <laughs> minutes to get back into it. Okay. We, we get yes. down to business. Gordon is relaying some of the text messages that we saw Diane send yep. out earlier. Adam... I think I need you to spoil it for me right now. Is she
0: in cahoots with the Black Lodge? I'm so sick of the cloak and dagger bullshit that she's pulling, you know. Is she an agent of evil?
1: Not willingly. Okay. Is that good enough for you? Yeah. And you can tell, like, whenever she is communicating, she seems very conflicted. So it's not a willing willing assistance, but she is helping Mr. C. We'll just put that out there. The show hasn't totally confirmed it, but I've been right. confirming shit for you along the way cuz I, I don't I, just, I don't I'm have so time. Sick of it. Yeah, cuz you're not going to watch the show again, no. so I at least have to spoil you enough so you can get to the next episode. Okay.
0: Well, that's enough. That's okay. enough to get me through the rest of the episodes. I want you to know, Adam, that we spent more time watching that French lady put her fucking <laughs> shoes on and leave the room than we did with the meat of the scene, which was the text. Albert, the text, Gorbin
1: But it was a really great scene between these two, and we're never going to get any more of these because Miguel Ferrer has passed away. So it's just fantastic to see Cole tell this really silly joke to Albert who does not (laughs) crack. He is not putting up with any of his shit. Uh, Yeah, you're right. And then he kind of comes back again, and there's just a great beat of silence between the two. And Lynch puts his hand on Albert's shoulder and says, sometimes I really worry about you, buddy. And it's true. And... Albert stone faced, dead eyed,
0: just staring at him the whole time. And in that moment, I was Albert, you were Albert, we were and all And maybe Albert. that's what
1: Lynch is going for. He's <laughs> like he's trying to funnel you that energy into that character. I don't know.
0: Do you think David Lynch just needed to refill his wine cellar and that's why he wrote this episode where <laughs> he had to drink a ton of red wine? Fine Bordeaux. Yeah. He he put ten cases
1: of red wine on the, the showtime expense oh, list. Yeah. Just so he could take nine <laughs> cases home. <laughs> Both he and Kyle MacLachlan are huge wine fans. I remember listening to an interview with Kyle when he first met Lynch uh, when they were getting ready to work on Dune. Yeah. And Lynch has this thing whenever he is interested in an actor. He just brings them out and they hang out for like a day. And he wants to just kind of get a feel for them. And they, makes sense. He said they would talk about wine and all sorts. And th- so those were some of the things that Kyle MacLachlan and Lynch used to initially bond when they met, you know, way back in the 80s. So. Well, yeah,
0: uh, Kyle MacLachlan was here this past spring... In St. Yeah. Louis, doing some kind Big Bear, of private I think is wine his name. tasting yeah, or he something? Was,
1: yeah, he's got his own private label, and wow. he's always traveling around the world. And Does he have a vineyard, or does he
0: just I don't have know his about name that. On, on bottles? You know, Maynard James Keenan from Tool?
1: Yeah, He has yeah. his own vineyard. I think that's what you do when you're a rich actor, and you're like, I got a lot of money. Yeah. Make some wine. Yeah, just invest in, in wine. Yeah. People like wine, let's do it. All right, anyway, we'll, okay. uh, we'll keep moving along. Adam. It's 7 o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Fucking Dr. Ram! Yeah! Back. Did we
0: travel back in time? Because this feels like the exact it same shit. It did. I shit. noticed it, too. Like we get delivery,
1: the, everything. And we get the commercial again. He yeah. may have patched in some old intro and then patched in new stuff that he recorded. But I do agree that it is a little... But we're starting to get into weird timey-wimey stuff as we, we get towards the end. And I think this stuff may be intentional. Like, we could be seeing loops or we could be not... You're going to hate it when I say this, but we could be in other timelines. Well, <laughs> I
0: love Dr. Amp. I subscribe to his YouTube channel, and I want to play you the new stuff. Okay, let's, let's listen to Dr. Amp real
1: fast. And the fucks are at it again. These giant multinational corporations are filled with monstrous vermin,
0: poisonous vile murderers, and they eat, drink, and shit money. They buy our politicians for a song. And these fucking politicians sing as we gag and cough. Sold down the river to die. Fuck you who betray the people you were elected to help. Elected to work to help, to make life better for. Fuck you all in the ass, you fucking treasonous puppets. The ninth level of hell will welcome you
1: dig your way out of the shit! Yeah, he is on fire. Yeah. He's killing it. Ninth level of hell. we see Nadine again. She is starting to develop this connection with Jacoby, and it's kind of odd because they don't really talk to each other anymore, but we're starting to get this little build-up here between Jacoby and Nadine. You think it's going to be like a stalker situation
0: where she feels like they're in a relationship even though (laughs) she only watches his YouTube videos? I don't know. I think we're going
1: to need to keep watching and find out, so.
0: Well, Adam, as much as I love Dr. Amp, we need to take another quick break. Okay. So let's do that we'll come back and we're gonna visit a character that we haven't seen in 25 years
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Carrie's Handy Mart. At the family-owned Carrie's Handy Mart, you're sure to find everything you need. Especially in our impressively stocked liquor section. That's right. If you're a raging alcoholic, we've got everything you need. Just don't ask about the turkey jerky. Wait, what? Why not? I said don't ask! Carrie's Handy Mart. Come in, get your shit, and get out! Welcome back to the Black Lodge Complaint Department, where we have just got a smash cut to one Audrey Horn.
0: Oh, God, Adam, I've been looking forward to this
1: for 12 episodes. And I warned you. I warned you. I was like, it's not in the capacity you think.
0: Well, you know, what's funny is that you say things like that, and that's kind of vague. I was expecting her to be
1: like a head in a jar. (laughs) I I thought that, too, after I said it. like a brain on a twig. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know. But instead of those things... She's out of place. Yeah. So let's get into this because none of it makes sense. The first time I saw it, none of it made sense to me well, either. how could it? Yeah. She's not a DEA agent, which no. is
0: a real disappointment.
1: She's standing at a, an office, a library, yeah. a really nice home, by the way, like beautiful yeah. wooden bookcases and just tons of books. And she is by the fireplace and she's standing. and She looks very tense, arms folded. Angry. Her brow is scrunched. She is kind of like how I am right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's not happy. And she's kind of like how I am right now. (laughs) And she's staring at this guy who is sitting at a desk, paper everywhere. Yeah.
0: He's got business. He's
1: doing a business.
0: And she wants to go looking for Billy. Now, this is the second time. That Billy has been brought up so
1: far. I'm glad you remembered that. I didn't see it in your notes, but I'm like, did he remember Billy? Who the fuck is Billy? I know, right? I'm going to come right out and tell you what I think is happening with Audrey right now. Okay. I think she's trapped in a dream. And the biggest indicator for that for me is that, like most dreams, you just are kind of in them. You just get injected into them and you don't question the reality, even though none of it makes a lot of sense. Like, who's Charlie? Who's Billy? I know I've heard that name before. Where have I heard it before? It's mimicking... A dream state. And the biggest indicator for this, for me, is that we have not seen Audrey mm-hmm. and talk to any character that we know is influencing the main timeline where the Black Lodge and the White Lodge are facing off. Mm-hmm. Also, we see Audrey not mention her son, who just murdered a child, talks about him not once, is obsessed with the person, Billy, who she's been having an affair with. I think what we're seeing here is Audrey trapped in a dream. Think of the, the main show as a, a long line, and there are other lines that are starting to come off of it. She is almost above it, trapped in a dream, okay. and she's trying to communicate downward is towards she? Cooper. I think it's also possible to believe that she is in uh, a coma still, okay. or she's Mr. C took her and she's in a pocket somewhere, but I don't think what's happening here is in the main storyline and that's why it doesn't We're kind of with Audrey like this doesn't make sense like what's but she's urgent about something and something we don't know about but it doesn't make this pill go down any easier when you don't know what's happening Hmm. so she's looking for Billy she said she had a dream and sometimes dreams harken the truth and in the dream Billy was bleeding from his mouth and bleeding from his nose so just make a mental note of that and Charlie who is apparently her husband and has no balls, doesn't care. It's a weird dynamic because it's indicated almost immediately that Audrey is having an affair with Billy, but Charlie, her husband knows and he doesn't really seem to care. He has no balls. And I I tend to think that their relationship is one built on business interests more than actual romantic. And maybe that's just within the context of this dream or wherever she is. But you're right. The dynamic between them is very bitter. She's screaming him, belittling him, treating him like garbage He doesn't want to leave. He's got paperwork. She wants to go to the roadhouse and look for Charlie. And this scene is basically just an extension of those two working through that concept. And as the audience, we don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So it can test your patience.
0: It can and Did. did. Charlie, who has no balls, calls Tina to ask about Billy on his
1: rotary phone another indication that this isn't in a correct timeline yeah no one had who the fuck uses rotary phones
0: I, I don't think you can
1: yeah anymore something's not right here we're not meant to know exactly what it is we're just meant to just kind of stick out and not sit well and like something's not right here and i think the biggest thing for me <laughs> was the fact that she didn't give a shit about richard makes no mention of him well, because maybe at she this doesn't point, know
0: that what's going on
1: but the episode makes a point to show us that Law enforcement knows, and now Ben knows, that if she was conscious or with that main timeline, she would know. And Ben has made no mention of Audrey at all, save for her relation with Richard. So, unfortunately, there's going to be no definitive answer for Audrey's fate. We do visit her again. Do we find Billy? No, we don't. Billy will not be found, at least this season. Did you
0: hear my eyes roll? (coughs) Yeah. Okay. Charlie is not going to tell Audrey what Tina said, and most of these are names that
1: don't yeah, mean Charlie anything. Charlie calls Tina to find Billy. Tina relays some information to Charlie that visibly upsets him, Yeah, and or, he just or stares. Or he just, it looks like he's faking it, you know? He Like, oh,
0: no, Tina, you, you don't say. Oh, that's
1: horrible. And Charlie does not tell her what he heard on the phone, no. and we cut back to the Mayfair.
0: Where Diane is hitting up the now-closed bar. And is conveniently handed a drink at a bar that is closed. And she should not
1: be served She comments, she's that probably she's, drunk. Yeah, she comments that she appreciates it because yeah. she knows they're closed.
0: She scopes out a map on her phone, a U.S. map. And then we cut to, and I was confused by what was happening here, but we cut to kind of a flashback. It's a memory of her looking at the picture of the coordinates that were written on Ruth Davenport's arms, and she's mouthing, you know, she's trying to memorize. And those coordinates, as it turns out, are right outside Twin Peaks. So Mr.
1: C needed coordinates for Twin Peaks. Yeah, right under his nose, right? Well, but that's the thing. He's searching for more than one set. He doesn't trust any of the coordinates because they could be traps for him. So he's trying Mm, to get everything. But you're right. He is trying to find a particular... Coordinate. Like
0: a circle of a certain kind of
1: tree, perhaps? Well, no, not really. Different. Maybe the inverse of that? Oh, a square of a certain kind (laughs) of bush. Yeah, but we'll get there in subsequent episodes, but he's looking for a number of coordinates. He needs all of them so he can research and not make a mistake. Okay. So these are indicating right outside of Twin Peaks, which is funny because as soon as the Doppelganger got out into the real world, he almost immediately left Twin Peaks and never went back and went about creating his massive fortune when everything he was ultimately looking for was right under his nose the whole time. But again, he didn't have the resources to do what he wanted to do. But now that he's ready to go, he's everywhere, but he needs to be. So,
0: Man, I just,
1: okay. It's confusing, and it's not spelled out. Is it the,
0: what was it, like uh, Jack Rabbit's Palace? Is that what he's looking for? If it wasn't the sycamore, I, I know I had yeah. I figured it was like one or the other.
1: Yes, they okay. are, and that is a spoiler. But whatever, we're so close to it anyway. There. I are... mean, it
0: was one of two guesses I had. Mm. So.
1: so yeah, they're both heading towards the same place.
0: Good. I hope they shoot that motherfucker in the head. <laughs> they cut his goddamn head out. They treat him like a zombie. Yeah, your head. You cut
1: off Mister Briggs' head. We're cutting off yours. Yeah. Retribution for Briggs.
0: You're fucking right, man. That time traveling major of a major. I don't know. It's this. This episode is both boring and exhausting. Yeah. Okay, Adam. We're gonna finish up here yeah, at the place done. where we almost always finish up. The Rude herse. The Rude herse, where we meet more people saying
1: more names that we don't know. Yeah, this is again, yeah, this is there are a lot of new characters coming in that ultimately don't lead anywhere. I think I, they're either red herrings or we're seeing other timelines start to override the normal one. I don't know what we're seeing, but we need to get Is keep that pressing why this forward. place
0: is called the Bang Bang Bar not the Roadhouse?
1: <laughs> it's always been the Bang Bang Bar. Mm, how's it? Hey, where the fuck is James? Uh, he's popping up in, I think, next episode of the one after. He'll Seriously? Yeah, he's got a few scenes, and he'll have his song, I think, at the oh, end Oh, of- yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, he's coming. And he's, like I said, he's in the last episode when the big confrontation's happening, so. Or the second to last episode. God damn it. Okay.
0: Well, but, but none, none of, of the ha-
1: characters from the original show have that much bearing on what's happening now. This is all about Mr. C and his machinations, you know, and, and the battle between light and dark. Yeah. So yeah, Abby and Natalie—they're wondering where Angela is. Yeah, with Clark. With but Clark's been seeing somebody else. This is all like She's the Charlie been hanging shit. hang out with Mary. Yeah, this is all like the Charlie shit. These are people we've never seen. We don't know, and we're listening to you talk about them for five minutes. So are we?
0: Are we in an episode of Invitation to Love right now?
1: Are we on set? I don't think so, but that's a cool thought. That's a good theory. See, you're theorizing too, Dan. Listen, if
0: anybody can do it, and we can just grasp <laughs> at
1: straws, then I'm gonna join in on the fun. All right. And that's kind of it. Uh, the Chromatics perform Saturday. Hold on now. Don't forget about Trick showing up out of nowhere. What a wild character! Like, Bleg! he looked like he was fifty, acting like he was twenty. Yeah. Kramer shows up. Yeah, some dude ran me off the road, and he asks if they want a beer. They just yeah. started beer. They just got. So go, I know you want table. one. What? What indicates that? She just said. She said two sips of that beer. Adam. <laughs> so none of this matters, and it means nothing. No. If Twin Peaks comes back, maybe these are connective threads that will sure. lock into. But for now, within the context of the season, these are mm-hmm. some threads that are will fizzle. Yeah. You know what would probably be great is if
0: someone else did an, a season of Twin Peaks. You know, someone not.
1: David Lynch? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. I think that it would be. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully, him and Mark Frost have the rights secured for quite a long time. I'm sure one day, maybe people will- But think about it. Think about how tired things get when the same
0: creators make a thing over and over again and how it just gets boring. You know? You need fresh blood. You need new newness injected into a thing. Like Imagine if Noah Hawley stepped up to the plate to do a season of Twin Peaks and how that would be just an air of refreshment of- someone else taking a crack at it, you know? Maybe, maybe who knows, maybe it'll ha- that'll happen. Like one when JJ Abrams got his hands on Star Wars and how everyone was like, "Oh, Star Wars is good again. Someone else is doing Star Wars for once." That's nuts. That's crazy. Look, we all love Star Wars again. Do they? Uh, yeah. Episode 7 was one of the highest-grossing no, movies good ever.
1: So, I thought the the new trilogy kind of felt like it fizzled a little bit for me. I'm still invested in it to a point, but Adam, this is not a Star Wars no, podcast. No, it's not.
0: Well, before things take a weird turn into a galaxy far, far away, we're going to take one more break, we're going to come back, and we're just going to coast on in to the end of this episode. Will Jack the gym-loving male nurse hottie managed to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us every other week to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere you find podcasts. In modern-day Bristol, someone is copying one of the most infamous serial killers of all time. Jack the Ripper. Only this time, the story is different. A woman survives and decides to get her revenge by taking the law into her own hands. But in so doing, she awakens a darkness deep inside her. If you like suspense, thrillers, and serial killers, tune in to Jane the Ripper, an audio drama coming to calamitycast.com Halloween 2019.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the Black Lodge Complaint
0: Department, where we have just finished episode 12 of Twin Peaks. Uh-huh.
1: No big plot movements this episode, but just a lot of connective tissue, and Twin Peaks is constipated. There has been no movement here. Boom! Poop joke! <laughs> Pretty sure 13's probably going to be in the same way, and then I'm, I think 14 is the visit to Jack Rabbit's Palace. That's taking too long to get there. 17 and 18 just kind of roll into one another, so we've got I think a few episodes of movement, and then 15, 15 and 16 kind of stuff really starts amping up. So we mm. are getting close to the end. I can't wait. What will we do after that? Will we
0: do a show about the Black Lodge Complaint Department where we go and we listen to every episode and we analyze
1: that? Mm -hmm. The different timelines? Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. No, it doesn't. I don't (laughs) want to have to listen
0: to myself talk for (laughs) 50 hours.
1: We're going to just do a podcast about something we love. I mean, that's what you've been doing. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I need to do something I hate. Although you're better. I'm not a very angry, confrontational person, so it's going to be hard for me to be like, "Ah, I hate this! sometimes but i mean apparently you hate star wars so that's I don't hate a weird star wars. turn I like oh star no wars. i
0: think all of our listeners heard you say just a minute ago how much you hate <laughs> J.J. Abrams
1: and everything he's ever done. What I want is a Star Wars horror film, like a fun side story that's just like set in that place in a time frame, just like a scary alien weird Jedi thing. Yeah, just do a genre thing and like how in the X-Men universe, that new
0: mutants movie that's supposed Mm -hmm. to come out next year is kind of horror influenced. Yeah, Yeah, just and there's so many things you could,
1: yeah, there's so many tropes and genres that would be fresh and interesting if seen through the lens. I don't know, we're way off topic here. We might cut this, but. No, I think we're that would totally be cool. on topic. This is
0: exactly what I was saying about Noah Hawley coming in and directing a season of Twin Peaks and how if you switch it up and it refreshes something. So, you know, I'm glad that you agree with me. Yeah. Always. Always glad to have you agree with me, Adam. <laughs> Join us next week oh, as we course. disagree over and over. So Adam, I didn't like this episode. No. I didn't add this to the long standing list of episodes. Wasn't it my seven?
1: favorite first viewing? Like I said, most of my enjoyment from this episode stems from the fact that I feel like I have a pretty decent understanding of what's happening. Although can you really have a decent understanding of the weirdness that these two are putting out there? No, I don't think you can. Okay. I don't think you're ever gonna rewatch this show. No. But knowing what you know, I think you know the episode would have been a little different. But that's not what this is about. Most oh people would watch this once and be like I didn't like this I'm done
0: well so let me ask you this
1: having seen this season multiple times
0: does this episode become more relevant in subsequent viewings or is it just as irrelevant to the story overall
1: well I think like I said with Audrey's whole thing it doesn't the most important thing is that we know people are looking for Billy we don't know who Billy is we'll get some more on Billy I think Billy could be important if it ever comes back but we'll never hear about the resolution of that the drama and the relationships between the random townsfolk that we don't really know, a lot of that doesn't come to fruition. Of course. Um, some of it doubles back on itself when they're talking about these characters. They do so sub, you know, in subsequent scenes. But yeah, we're six episodes away from the end, so we'll continue next week.
0: Well, folks, can you believe it? This has actually been another episode of the Black Lodge Complaint Department. We made it, Adam. Thanks, to Retro Promenade for our killer theme music and the music you're hearing right now. Head over to retropromenade.bandcamp.com and check them out. Listen to some more. It's really good. Tell them Black Lodge sent you. Calamity Cast co-conspirator Ian McGowan composed the jazzy interstitial pieces that we play in between segments.
1: And uh, you should check out his band at gooddeedsmusic.bandcamp.com. If you want to talk Twin Peaks or your favorite jerky, mine's Alligator, use the hashtag #BLCD on Twitter where we're at CalamityCast, at underscore DS Williams, and at Sour underscore Bauer. Come talk to us, man! Find us on Facebook at CalamityCast, email us at network at gmail.com, And don't forget to check out CalamityCast.com to find your new favorite podcast.
0: We have so many, and we are making more all the time. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy our program, we hope you'll leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Adam, do they do reviews on Spotify?
1: They don't do reviews, but you can follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. Guys,
0: without these reviews, these ratings, and these follows, we're just empty husks. If you like what we do and you think that we should be able to do more, head over to patreon.com calamitycast and become a patron. It would mean the world to us. For one-time donations, you can always use paypal.me slash calamitycast. And don't forget, we have merch available. Head over to calamitycast.com, click the link at the top of our website, and be magically transported to our Tee Public
1: page. We'll return next week with Season 3, Episode 13 of Twin Peaks, and an episode of the Black Lodge Complaint Department that doesn't even care where Billy is. I don't care. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. He's bleeding from his mouth and his nose, though, Dan. He needs well, help. maybe he's a boxer. Yeah. Brr. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.